If you turn to the book of Revelation, please, we've been on a subject for a couple of weeks now. We're calling it Receiving a Full Reward. Receiving a Full Reward. In Revelation 11 and verse 17. These are special times when we come together like this. Do you know it? These are very, there will never be another one just like this one. The people that are here and the time and the situations of our life. The scripture says the things that God does, it's forever. And so every real spiritual thing that God does in our life, it'll, we'll remember it. You know, 10,000 years from now and longer, we'll, we'll be talking about it. You know, maybe you and I come across each other 100,000 years from now. <laughs> and we'll say, you remember that service we were in? Remember what the Lord said? And, that, and the seed that he sowed in us then continued to develop in us past this life. This life is the briefest thing we will ever do. If you live to be 100 years old, it comes and goes like a flash. The Bible said our life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. Now you see it. Now you don't. <laughs> there they are. Now they're not. So, Mr. Well, 100 years is a long time. Not really. Not to God. To him, a 1,000 years is like a day. That means from his perspective, a hundred years would be a little over two hours to us. And so if you're past 50 or so, you just got one hour left. <laughs> so you don't need to waste it. How many believe every day is important? Every day is, is important. And well, what's, what's the best use of it? Doing something for him. Right? And you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor, a missionary. But you do need to be a witness. And you do need to be using your time, your talents, your treasures, your gifts to benefit the kingdom somehow. So be on the look for that. Be on the watch for that. He said in Revelation 11... And 17 says, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. Now, uh, John is seeing by the Spirit of God the future, out way out beyond him, out beyond us. But the things you read about in Revelation, they are coming to pass. They will come to pass. Verse 18, the nations were angry, and your wrath is come in the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should give reward. Everybody say reward. reward. That you should give reward to your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them that destroy the earth. If you're a believer, and you have respect for his name, you seek him, 
the Lord is going to give you a reward. You believe it or not? A reward is coming to you, not just to prophets, to them that fear his name, small and great. That's everybody that reverences him and has respect for him. Well, you, if you don't believe in him, you're not going to respect him. So this is obvious that you believe in him. Look in Revelation 22 and 12. Revelation 22, 12, the Lord said, and this is right at the end of the book, at the end of the Bible. The Lord says, Behold, I come quickly. You know, Peter said in the, la in the last days, some would scoff and say, Where's his coming? It's been all these years and centuries and he hasn't come. When's he coming? Well, as we just got through describing, with the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. In fact, he went on to say that in that passage in Peter. And uh, if you said, it's going to happen soon, and it happened within the week, would you be accurate? Yes. It's happening soon, and it happened before the end of next week? Well, if that was with the Lord, uh, and it happened within a week His time, we still got 3,000 years to go. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we do. But I'm just saying that's the kind of difference in time perspective. But uh, no, the Lord didn't get it wrong when he said, I'm coming quickly. He is coming quickly from his perspective. And here's the news flash. His perspective is right. Ours is the one that's skewed. Our time perspective is, is skewed because we are such babies. We've been around about that long. When we've been around a few more millennia, we'll get adjusted to time. <laughs> he said, behold, I come quickly. And what else? My reward is with me. I'm coming and I got something. You know, my, my dad used to work... Uh, out of town, so he'd be gone during the work week. But on Friday night, Friday when he got off, he'd drive home. It was a, a little bit of a drive, and and uh, my my little brother and I would be uh, looking forward to him coming because he we knew he was coming, and he had his reward with him. <laughs> Chili dogs. <laughs> yeah, we knew Friday, huh? Friday night. Foot-long chili dogs coming with dad. Dad was coming, and his reward was with him. <laughs> so we get excited, and I, I can't say which one we were more excited about, dad or the reward, but we were glad to see both of them. <laughs> Little boys, you know. And uh, how many know the Lord is coming? He's coming. And he wants us to be excited about him coming and also about what he's bringing with him. Yes. What he's bringing with him. There is a lot in the scriptures about our reward. And so the Lord must have wanted us to know about it and hear about it and think about it. And the more I get into it, the more I realize it changes the way you see things. And it changes how you live. It changes your priorities when you get this revelation about his reward. Said out loud, he's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. And what's he, what's he bringing with him? What's he got? 
something better than a chili dog. Is that right? Something better. He, he's bringing, he said, my reward. Anything that's his has got to be good, right? He's bringing his reward with him to give to every man according as his work shall be. According as his work shall be. Now we're in a, in a time where there's been a lot of emphasis on grace, and there's a lot, of good, a lot of good to that. But sometimes people try to apply one truth to everything. And while I was out of the country a few months ago, the Lord gave me this phrase, spoke it to me real strongly. He said, our, our righteousness is not based on what we do. Our reward is. Our righteousness isn't based on what we do. Our reward is based on what we do. And uh, if you haven't been with us, we've already covered quite a bit of ground. But uh, when we're talking about reward, we're not talking about whether you're going to be saved or not. Whether you're going to make heaven or hell. Uh, our faith in what Jesus has done and having received him as Lord and Savior, confessing him as Lord and Savior, that saves us apart from our performance. Anything we do or don't do. If you, have, if you believed, you know, that the Father uh, judged Jesus in your place, that uh, he paid for your price, excuse me, paid for your sins, paid the full price on the cross for you, was raised from the dead, you confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, you are saved. Amen. Not, we're not waiting to see if you're going to be saved. Or not. You are saved. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life. They're working on your mansion today. Getting it ready for when you come. Not my words. The Lord said it. He said, I'm going, I'm preparing a place for you. And I'm coming back again. But your reward is not based just on, you know, his sacrifice alone. His sacrifice gives you the opportunity but the reward will not be meted out equally. Because equal is not fair. <laughs> now that sounds wrong in our politically correct generation. Oh yeah, equal is fair. No, it's not. No, it's not. The Lord talked about in situations where that he gave, you know, the talents gave one this amount, one this amount, one this amount, and the guy that only got one, he went and hid his, wouldn't do anything with it, didn't even try. And the Lord said, well, take his and give it to the one that's got 10. And the people exclaimed and said, Lord, he's already got 10. In other words, that's not fair because it's not equal. But don't tell the Lord he's not fair because he is. And he knows what fair is. And how is it fair that somebody... They got saved, but they never would do anything the Lord told them to do. They, they, they were preoccupied with their own life and their own things and gave the Lord no time, no effort, no energy, no money, nothing, and then died. 
And somebody else that loved the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength gave him everything they had all through their life. How is it right those two get the same reward? That's not fair. So you understand what I mean by being equally distributed, reward just being equally distributed, these pie in the sky, you know, ideas about socialism and communism and well, it's, no, God's not communist. He's not socialist. He's not Democrat. He's not Republican. He's not independent. He's right. He's right about everything. <laughs> Do you know it? He's right about everything. And he distributes his reward. Come on, what the verse say in, in, in Revelation 22, 12? I'm coming quickly. My reward's with me. I'm going to give it to every man. How? What's it going to be based on? According as his work shall be. We saw in 1 Corinthians 3, a couple of weeks back, how that he said if you, uh, if you build on the Lord's work, uh, Silver, gold, precious stones, it'll pass the test in the day to come. You'll get rewarded. But if you build stuff that's hay and stubble, uh, when it's tested by fire, it'll be lost. He said, you'll be saved, but your work will be lost. What you did. Why? Because it was just flesh. It wasn't according to what the Lord directed you to do. So the reward is not automatic. It's not equally distributed. It's according to to our works in this life, in the earth. No, we're not talking about our salvation. We're talking about our reward. Hallelujah. Let me say it to you again the way the Lord told me. Our righteousness is not based on what we do. Our reward is based <laughs> on what we do. Are y'all with me or not? Yes, so go with me if you would please. In the New Testament here, to Second uh, John, Second John, and the eighth verse. Some of these things are um, sobering, but you know, how many know in your diet you don't just need ice cream and potato chips all the time, <laughs> huh? Sometimes you even need some things that might not be your favorite. Right? But your body needs it. And so spiritually, we don't just need just a, a, a couple of things that we only want to hear about that. We need to hear about the whole thing and, and truth. In Second John, just one chapter there, but in the eighth verse, he said, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which you have, we, we, we've wrought or worked for, but that you receive a full reward. Do you see why I titled the series Receiving a Full Reward? It's based on Scripture. Look to yourselves. The BBE, the basic English says, keep a watch over yourselves so that you do not make our work of no effect but may get your full reward. Let me read a, another translation, the complete English, the CEV. It says, so be sure 
not to lose what we have worked for. Now let's just stop right there. Um, this is John. You're going to see the similar language that Paul used. People who were men who were apostles, uh, genuine God called or and ordained anointed ministries with revelation. I mean, Paul got caught up to the third heaven and saw and heard things. I mean, you, you can't get it any more direct than that. And yet he and John both said, watch out that you don't lose what we've worked for. Really? We, we can lose some things? That genuine ministry accomplished? Now I know not everybody wants to preach on this because it doesn't make you shout and run the aisle at first. But do we know the truth? Do we need to know the truth or not? Do we need to know how things really are? So obviously it's possible to labor in good work but then have it be lost. It's obvious, excuse me, I should say apparently it's uh, possible to not get the full reward you should have gotten. Some of it be lost. Now this is not you being lost. Some of your reward. Well, when I read that, I thought, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I don't want to lose any of my reward. Right? That's like my, my dad coming in from work and saying we're only going to get half a, a chili dog. No. No, I want my whole chili dog. Amen. What about you? I, I want my whole chili dog. <laughs> this shouldn't shock us. We have an adversary. I said we have an adversary we have an enemy. What does he come to do according to Jesus? John 10, 10. What does he come to do? First word, he comes to steal. He's trying. Now, you know, is he a sorry cuss or what? It's bad enough. He steals, kills, and destroys stuff in this life. He's trying to rob you of your reward. Trying to rob you of your reward. We got, we got to stop this. We got, we got to find out and do what is necessary so that this doesn't happen. And isn't that what he's saying? He said, look to yourselves. There's something we can do. We can watch the, the CEV. Be sure not to lose what we have worked for. That means you could. If you do, you won't be given your full reward. That's the complete English version. Second John 8, complete English version says, be sure not to lose what we have worked. We includes him, John. The work we've done in ministry, the churches that we've started and built, the ministry, the things we've preached and done. He says, uh, Watch yourself and, and, and be on top of this so we don't lose any of this. Now, th th this shouldn't be so shocking to us because I, I dare say everybody in here knows somebody 
that was in church that's not in church now? Hmm? Is it God's will that they not be in church? That they not even be praying and not even be trying to serve Him at all? Then something is lost. Well, what about, does God have a plan for their life? Should they be involved in the kingdom somehow? Then they're not doing, they're not where they're supposed to be. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Are they losing out on reward? Are the works they're supposed to be helping losing out from their benefit, from their presence, from their work, from their labor, from their finances, whatever the case might be? A lot is being lost because of deception, because of the enemy stealing. Now, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Glad I'm here. Not delusioned, not discouraged of somewhere having given up. The scripture said in uh, in Hebrews 10, you can, uh, they'll just put it on the screen for, for us, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has what? Great recompense of reward. You, you, it's not so hard to see where the enemy can steal. Faith, faith is confidence. Confidence is a, is a word for faith. If you lose your confidence, you've lost your faith. And that's how, you know, a lot of people wind up just giving up and just, you know, not even trying, not even trying to work, not even trying to make their marriage work, not even trying to uh, make their family work. People give up on churches. Uh, I came, this has been decades ago now, I was ministering out in the, in the Midwest, and a fellow and his wife, they had a good church there. And they asked us to come speak, and I, I came, spoke. It wasn't a real big church, but I, I go wherever the Lord directs us to go. And uh, uh, he, at the end, we had good services. I mean, good things happened. And he said, Brother Keith, I want to ask you something in private. And I said, sure. He said, well, you know, some, uh, some ministers told me earlier this year, he said, I'm only running, you know, maybe about 65, 75. And they said, you know, if you're not doing any better than that by the end of the year, you should just shut down. I said, what? He said, yeah, that's what they said. I said, well, what do you think about it? He said, I love these people. I like being here. I said, well, you forget what those guys told you. I said, that's a bunch of junk. Hmm? What was the enemy trying to do? Hmm? Take away his confidence that he's doing anything that matters, that counts. You have no idea what God would do in the life of those 65 or their kids or their kids, right? You, you have no idea what kind of seed that was sown in there and who said it couldn't be 150 by the end of the following year, right? You, it's just everything big started small and you got to stay with it. You got to hang in there. And it's not about numbers, it's about doing what the Lord told you to do and staying faithful and and hanging in there. But the devil is such a despiser and a devaluer 
and a liar. He'll tell you, oh, you're not doing anything. You're not making any difference. You might as well just quit. Yeah, what you're doing doesn't amount to anything. Nobody knows you, who you are. You might as well just quit. He's after your confidence. He's after your faith to get you to give up and quit. Why? Because then whoever would have been helped and benefited, th benefited through you is going to be stolen from. That's not going to happen. And whatever reward you should have gotten is going to be lost. You're going to lose part of your reward. Hmm? Wind up with a quarter of a chili dog. <laughs> when you could have had three. Three. With all the toppings. Somebody's going to leave here and go get a chili dog. <laughs> But not yet. You're not, it's not chili dog time right now. <laughs> Somebody say, I want my full reward. I want, I want my full reward. Well, you're going to have to be watching that the enemy doesn't steal from us if that's going to be the case because the reward is not just equally dispersed among us and the, the reward is not automatically given. The enemy is trying to steal it. Hmm? I tell you what, I'm not going to shed one tear for him when he's cast into the lake of fire. Right, you talk about a, a evil, sorry cuss, trying to steal our reward. Well, um, go with me to Galatians. Let's look at this also. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. In Galatians 4, and verse 9, Galatians 4, 9, he says, But now, after you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? Now, you'll see this, and we're going to see this further in Colossians. One of the ways the devil robs believers of their reward is through wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine that robs people of their confidence and motivation. Uh, I remember Brother Hagin said some years ago, uh, he was teaching on the Holy Spirit, teaching on prayer, praying in the Spirit. And he said this lady came to him and said, yeah, you know, well, since I found out that the Holy Spirit does my praying for me, I don't pray much. This is a perfect example of what we're talking about. Uh, and she's talking about Romans 8, that the, uh, the, you know, the Spirit gives us uh, utterance, groanings that can't be uttered. He doesn't just do that apart from you, right? And if you, through bad doctrine, decide, well, you know, the Holy Ghost is doing all my praying for me, so I don't need to pray, you would lose reward for the praying you didn't do. And what robbed you of that was you letting yourself believe bad doctrine. Hmm? Does that make sense, friends? Uh, re keep reading. Galatians 4, 9. Verse 10. You observe days and months and times and years. You know, this has to do with observances that were given in the law. Jesus didn't come to make us Jewish. 
<laughs> no, he didn't. You observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you. <laughs> lest, lest what? I've bestowed on you labor in vain. Now, this is the Spirit of God through Paul. What? Listen to the NIV, verse 11. I fear for you. I, I think that's a good way of saying it. And that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Ooh. Now, how many believe Paul's a real man of God? And if you don't, I don't know who you would like. Uh, <laughs> real call, real revelation, real anointing. And he said, I, I'm concerned that I have wasted my efforts ministering to you. Because of what's going on right now, you're listening to the wrong stuff. You're listening to some people who are wrong and are leading you off. And if you listen to them and follow that, then what I ministered to you could be lost. Somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. The Amplified says, I'm alarmed lest I've labored among and over you to no purpose and in vain. Well, as a minister, I don't want that to happen either. Right? I mean, I, I prayed and I studied and I got ready and I, and I preached to you real good. And you got it and you took off and you got results. And then you start listening to some Yahoo. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Huh? And, so, and now listen, you can, you can help discern a right spirit versus a wrong spirit of influence. You don't have to know the Greek and Hebrew. You don't have to know a bunch of things. You don't have to be saved 50 years. It's not too hard. I know influences that are right in the Spirit of God in my life. When I've been in those meetings, in those services, and around those people, it stirs me up. I want to do more. It makes me hungry to go back home and get after it, boy. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Get, get to work. Let's reach more with more. Let's get more people saved. Let's get more people back to God. Let's get more people healed and delivered and filled and thrilled. But you, if you're around wrong influences, it has the opposite effect. And the more you're around it, you're like, whatever, no big deal, okay. It causes you to tend to laziness and laxness. And your flesh wants to hear things that tell you, you don't need to do anything. It's already been taken care of. They're already doing it. You just relax. And pass the time till you get to heaven. You don't need to do anything. Everything's all been done. Well, everything's been done to buy and pay for your salvation. But no, everything has not been done to build the kingdom of God. There are billions on this planet who need to be reached. Is that right? 
There's people everywhere you go that are hurting and down and defeated. And there is a Savior. Somebody say, there's a Savior. There is a Savior and a healer and a deliverer. And you can make a difference. Yes, you. Well, like just little old me. Yes, you. Drop the little. You. You matter. Hmm? Just, just today, you're getting something put in you by the Spirit of God. Is that right? You can just take what you get today. And at the right place and the right time, you could share it. You could have confidence. You could have faith. You could matter. And if it impacts somebody's life for God and there's a real change, an eternal change, you will receive reward in the future. Hallelujah. When it's the Spirit of God, when it's right, it stirs you up. It makes you want to do more. It, It helps you to believe you can do more. Anything that takes that confidence out of you you better cut it off. Anything that makes you just want to quit and sit and do nothing, you better cut that out of your life because that's the enemy in his subtlety trying to rob you and others that would be benefited through you. Go with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Go with me to Colossians, please. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say it stirs you up? Makes you want to do more? Well, that means your spirit was quickened. That which is flesh uh, does the opposite. It, It drains you. Makes you feel tired. Makes you feel listless. Takes away any vision or drive. That's the devil. And that's how he subtly robs and steals results and reward. But you're too smart for that. You should have said amen. I mean, you should not have been quiet. I said, you're too smart for that. Huh? You're too smart for that. By the grace of God, we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So we're not going to let him steal from us our effectiveness in the lives of others and our eternal reward as well. In Colossians 2 and verse 1, now most of this chapter deals with what we're talking about. In fact, the whole book, just four chapters in Colossians, the whole book deals with this. Let me just read a few verses here till we get to it. He said, I would that you knew What great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. I'm going to read several verses, so just keep going with me, guys. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, something you'll see in Colossians is that he keeps saying in different ways, this is, this is Keith Moore paraphrase, Jesus is everything. He's everything. <laughs> oh, does that bless you just to say that? Because he, he is. He, Jesus is everything. 
He's your righteousness. He's your holiness. He's your peace. In, in this uh, chapter, he says, you are complete in him. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. In him. Jesus is everything. And, and what do you suppose the enemy will try to do with you? Get you in some shady way, try to get you off of Jesus. Get the focus and emphasis off of him onto something else. Did you know the devil doesn't care how religious you are? Hmm? You can pray all day and long, all day and all night. He don't care as long as you don't pray in faith. You can be religious, religious, religious. You can give your whole life to being religious and doing right, being moral, as long as you don't say anything about Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Because it's in Him. You got all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And when you're born again and you know him, oh, this just comes up bigger and bigger in your spirit. You know he's everything. He's everything. He's everything. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's the bright and morning star. Come on, he's the king of kings. He, he's the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah. The enemy will subtly, tr trickily try to get you off of that so that you just emphasize Jesus a little less. And don't talk about the blood. That could be offensive, you know, that's gory blood? Come on. No! <laughs> Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. If you don't have faith in the blood, you're lost. In Him. Somebody say, in Him, in Him. Are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Keep going, keep going. This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Another translation says, lest anyone should mislead you by the persuasiveness of words. Did you know the devil is a talker? Did you know the devil is brilliant? Some people may not know that. He's beyond genius. He's a being older than anything we know about. He's been deceiving human beings for millennia. If you try to match intellect with him, he will delight in it. Yeah. Hmm? And you want to play smart with him and intellectual with him, he will tie you up in knots. But if you'll keep him in the realm of faith, he can't do anything with you. <laughs> if you say, well, I don't care whether I understand it or not. I believe what Jesus said. I, I believe what, 
The devil can't do it. He can't do anything with you. But when you think you're so smart and so brilliant and you try to analyze everything and break it into its parts and you won't believe unless you can understand then you don't even know what faith is, you'll be left out and you'll be deceived. Lest any man beguile you with enticing words. Keep reading. Though I be absent in the flesh, I'm with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order, the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's by faith. You received him by faith and you walk by faith. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him. Can you see this? A whole lot about Jesus in, the, in, in him. Established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware. He's already said it one time in this, this same chapter. Watch out. Beware what? Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. It's anything that'll pull you away from Christ. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily happen all at once. Something that get, can get you to not respect the Lord as much. Just back off all this Jesus emphasis at least a little bit. And, and acknowledge other people feel strong about their religions too. And show some consideration and some inclusivity and some tolerance of other people's faith. Let me tell you what the Lord told me, told me about 30 years ago about this. He said, tolerance is the first step to conformity. The enemy knows this. That's why you hear so much about tolerance and diversity and inclusiveness. Hmm? That's why you hear so much about it. Because along with something good, he wants you to include something bad with it. Along with tolerating something good, he wants you to tolerate something bad. Because he knows he can't just get you to embrace it Right now, today, you know better than that. But if you'll just tolerate it, if you'll just tolerate it without realizing it, you just took a step toward becoming that. And he doesn't care if it takes you 40 years to get there. As long as you keep taking a step towards it. Tolerance is the first step toward conformity. And the scripture said, don't be conformed to this world. Did he say it or not? Don't be conformed to this world. That means you must not be tolerant of evil. I know this is not politically preferred. But you got truth and you got all the rest of the stuff. You got what the Lord said, which is truth, and you got everybody else's idea and opinion. You might say, well, I got a right to my beliefs. Actually, if you're a Christian, you don't. You got a right to believe what he told you to believe and not just make stuff up as you go along. You're supposed to put your nose in this book, right? And believe what he said. 
<laughs> it's probably a good thing I'm not running for office anytime soon. <laughs> I do thank God for good people who are in office. Oh, we need them. And we need a lot more. Beware lest any man do what? Spoil you. Now that has to do with robbing you. Spoil has to do with robbing. Let me read this from, from some other translations. One says, uh, uh, strip you, carry you off as spoil. Through what? Philosophy. Subtly deceptive reasoning and argumentation. Our universities are full of this. And even though they don't say it, they may not realize it themselves. One of the main objectives of much of so-called higher education is to rob your kids of their faith. And you know what's so perverted? So many of these successful universities were founded by preachers, preachers and churches on the Word of God, on the gospel, exalting Jesus. And now they've gotten to the place, many of them, where you couldn't preach in there. You can't talk, you can't even quote certain passages of Scripture. Well, what's happened? Spoiled through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition, steeped in tradition and so proud of their traditions which have made the Word of God of none effect. We need to pray against this. We need to stop supporting this. I tell you what, you want to change something? Shut the money off. <laughs> huh? You want to change something? You want to get multi-billion dollar corporations attention, stop buying it. You, you, everybody will sit up in the boardroom and they'll say, you know, uh, 20 million Christians did what? <laughs> they said not in our house anymore. What? We got to change this. We got to change it. The problem is those who have promoted evil have been loud and vocal and pushy, because that's their nature. And believers have been kind. Huh? Didn't say anything. Well, okay, be kind, but don't be conformed. Oh, somebody say, don't be conformed. Do not allow yourself to be conformed to the mentality. Don't be ashamed of your belief. Don't be, somebody say, well, you, you can't push your beliefs off on us. Yeah, and you can't push your, yours off on me either. You know, freedom of speech is supposed to apply to us too. Christians, believers, is it true or not? Yes. Yes. He said, watch out. If the Lord says, watch out, what should you do? Watch out. Lest anybody spoil you, rob you. Through philosophy. Why? The devil is a talker. Oh, he's a talker. Intellectual? You never saw anybody that's a, that's a greater intellectual than him. Smart? Off the chart. Brilliant. 
And he inspires people, men and women, to talk, to teach, to write books, and, and, and can do it with a smile. Hmm? Very tricky. And the design of it is to spoil you, to rob you, to take away your respect for Jesus. An emphasis on him, to make him, instead of the all in all everything, one of many. To get us back off of our fervor for the Lord. Oh, y'all are just too intense. Y'all are just narrow-minded and saved. And saved. There's a broad way that, that's inclusive of everything that goes off the cliff into destruction. And there's a straight and a narrow way and, and relatively few that get in there but it's the way that leads to eternal salvation and great reward. Great reward. Great reward. Great reward. Glory to God. Come on, say it out loud. The devil is not going to rob me of my reward. Hallelujah. Keep reading. Keep reading. We're not, we're not quite through with this. Said the... Verse 9, in him for, in him, in who? Come on, in who? Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's everything. He's everything. Keep going. And you are complete in him. He's everything and you're in him. And he's in you. He's everything. So you have everything. You're complete in everything. Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Keep going. In whom also you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, Who's raised him from the dead. Is this about Jesus? Jesus. 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 You being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh. Has he quickened together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Come on say it out loud. He has forgiven me. Of all trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Which was contrary to us. To us and took it out of the way. Nailing it to his cross. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. And having spoiled. Oh, come on. Do you see the, what did, what did you just get through saying? He said, don't let them spoil you. But he has spoiled them. <laughs> having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Keep going. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, we'd say food, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Again, Jesus didn't come to make us Jewish. You can get sidetracked. And talk more about other things than Jesus. Amen. Subtle too. Subtle. There are whole denominations 
that have spent more time talking about water baptism than they did Jesus. You can spend more time about doing good deeds and helping the poor than you do Jesus. The devil's crafty. He's tricky. Anything to get you off of Jesus. There are shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Keep going. Third time in one chapter. Let no man do what? Beguile, Beguile you or trick you of what? Reward. Of your reward. Is this something? Let no man, the, the literal says not even one, beguile or another one says defraud you of your reward. Don't let anybody, don't care who they are, defraud you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. How many understand? You can talk more about angels than you do Jesus. You can talk more about festivals than you do Jesus. You can talk more about diet than you do Jesus. You can talk more about politics than you do Jesus. And when you do, the enemy is robbing you. He's robbing you because that's not going to be where your reward comes from. I don't know of any rewards for people that enlightened everybody about their diet. Any eternal rewards. I don't know of any eternal rewards for people that, that you showed people the better way to dress. I'm not saying that's bad, but it, that needs to be weighed out on the list somewhere of things you're doing to help. Number one, preaching, teaching, proclaiming, being a witness of the eternal good news about Jesus, what he's done. He's building his church. And maturing ones, you know, babies, you know, they don't, they don't, are not involved in the family business. They're not aware of anything except when they're hungry or uncomfortable or sleepy. And when they're uncomfortable or hungry, they don't care who it disturbs. They wail, they yell, they wake people up. Huh? But we're not supposed to be infants. All of our earth life, we're supposed to grow up. And maturing ones will be involved with the Father advancing his kingdom. Maturing ones will be involved with Jesus, the head of the church, building his church. Right? And for that, we will receive reward. We'll receive reward. Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly, one says without reason, puffed up, inflated with pride by his fleshly mind. You'll always hear about somebody who had a vision, had a dream, saw an angel, had an experience. Okay, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. That's how these things are. But I tell you, if it's real, you know what it'll do? It'll glorify Jesus. If it's real, it'll magnify the Lord. If it's real, it will help build his church by reaching people to be saved and healed. And to, Come on, can you see that? If all it does is, is capture people's imagination and they think, wow, that's, 
that's interesting and, and stimulates their thinking they're smart and they learn the secret code that nobody else knows and they pursue their hyper super spirituality. This is the devil tricking you and robbing you of your reward. Somebody says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let, not going to let that happen. Not going to let that happen. Thanks be to God. Somebody say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Keep, keep reading. Keep reading. And not holding what? The head. Who's the head? Come on, help me out. You got to hold the head. Don't talk too much about you. Talk about him. Right? Don't talk about what you experienced and what you know and what you did. Talk about what he did for you. Hold to the head. Who's the head? I'm not the head. You're not the head. Your mama's not the head. Your spouse is not the head. Jesus. Somebody say, hold to the head. Hold, hold to the head. Tell your neighbor, help them out. Say, hold to the head. What does that mean? Jesus. He's the most important one. That's not trying to be humble. That's reality. Anything else is being tricked. Hold to the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. Stand on your feet, everybody. There's a whole lot more here. But uh, this is enough to, to chew on for right now. Actually, I, I should read the next couple of verses, but you can, you can hear them standing, can't you? Chapter 3 and verse 1, that this wasn't written in chapter and verse, it all flows together. He said, if you're risen with Christ, do what? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. This helps us to be mindful of him and mindful of his plan. And he said in verse 23, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Verse 24, knowing that of the Lord, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You shall receive the reward of the inheritance because you serve the Lord Christ. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for helping us today.